0: Hey friends, my name's Stevie Taylor, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Our guest today is Terrapai Richmond, arguably Australia's most toured and recorded drummer. Dig, Swoop, The Whitlams, Savage Garden, Missy Higgins, Soul Decision, Pete Murray, Guy Sebastian and more than he can even remember. Uh, We caught up while he was in town for a few days and had a good long chat about his family, his career, his move away from Sydney to Byron Bay, um, the Australian recording scene, touring, groove and just a whole bunch of stuff really. Sit back and enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Terrapie Richmond. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Terapai Richmond. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Anyway, thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries, Welcome. man. We're here in uh, your apartment in um, or your hotel room, should I say, in uh, Cronulla. Yeah. Um, you're in town
1: for a bit. Yep. Um, what did you get up to last night? uh I just came into town yesterday early um, for an early sound check for an early gig mm-hmm. in in city Yes one of the pretty pretty flash gig actually just a pri- private do with the Whitlams playing at a a, um, a birthday party actually for some newly self-made millionaires Million. also yeah. <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> from some software development company yep. And they, uh, you know, I think the wife, the wife of the uh, of the boss of the company, was a huge Whitlam's fan when she was young, yeah. And she asked if, yeah, if we could do the do her birthday, play at her birthday. So it's pretty flash, do. Yep. And uh, yeah, that was it for yesterday. So I flew down, did that tonight, doing a little trio gig with a couple of. Um, Mean Brothers, heavy cats. Yep, yeah, yep. Looking forward to that. Yeah, that's yep. um, Adam Ventura and Daniel March. And then tomorrow, I've got. Uh, I'm I'm here for about five days. I've got something every day. Yep. And then on the road with the Whitlams on on Wednesday. Yep. Heading out for a couple of weeks. Just so you, you, it's that. That's the twenty-five year anniversary tour. Is that right? Well, it's it's an extension of it. We we actually okay. finished that tour earlier in the year, but this is um, just a bit of an add-on that came late. Uh, it was based around the Queenscliff Music Festival in, in um, well, just south of Melbourne. Yep. Uh, we, we got that gig offer and then just put a few other shows on around it.
0: Sorry, just check them on my mic level. Don't mind me. Check, check. That's a good.
1: Oh, <laughs> <that. All> good. <laughs> <laughs> Professional as. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, Sorry. Yeah, so we got the Queenscliff Music Festival, and then just yeah, put a few other shows around that to, I guess, uh, work out the cobwebs before we hit the the festival stage. Yep. Um, We've got a couple in Milton coming up, and then. Uh, this might be a past tense by the time you put this on. No, there. I think
0: it'll, it'll be out this week. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, a couple of Milton shows and then Blue Mountains, uh, Narrabeen, yep, Port Macquarie, I think, and then down to sort of a couple of regional Victoria shows. And yep. And that's it for the Whitlams for this year, I think. Are you guys spread out all over Australia? Um, well, we all used to live in Sydney. Yep. Uh, Jack Howson, I don't know if you know him. He's a he's the guitarist in the Whitlams, but he's also the guitarist in many other bands. He's, okay. he's a great, one of the best in oh, best in the country. You know, doing his thing. Yep. He's a real fan of the '60s, anything to do with the '60s, and you know he, he he's just great. He's a great great guy and a great player and a good vibe on stage and um, Anyway, he, he, he also lives in the Sutherland Shire, okay. and when I used to live here, there was two of us in the Shire, and then Warwick, the bass player, and Tim Friedman were both living in Newtown, so yep. there was two Newtown cats and two Cronulla cats, mm-hmm. um, and then Warwick moved to the Shire, so there was three Cronulla cats, and, <laughs> yeah. and one Tim still living in Newtown, Okay. Uh, and then I moved out. I, I live up in Byron these days. Okay. In the hills up there, a yep. little farm to get away from the big smoke. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, well, let's go there a little bit, eh? Let's. Yeah, for sure. So yeah,
0: so we'll, we'll roll it back, um, if we
1: can. Yeah. Um, so you're born in Sydney? Uh, yeah, I was born here. Yep. Um, in the early seventies. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, grew up, grew up in a. My parents been. Well, both of them were sort of entertainers and, mm-hmm. and, and caterers, and we had this business called Polynesian Parties. And uh, when I was I'm pretty sure I was about six years old, I used, to, I used to get dragged to all the gigs and got sat on the front of the stage with a set of bongos uh, when I was six. That, that's kind of my earliest memories, and I have photos from those days of me sitting there with a little A around my neck and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a set of bongos, and then my dad used to own all the backline gear, so yep. it was just, I think I was about you know a year on from then, when I was about seven, I remember our drummer didn't show up once and, and everyone was saying, oh, well, you're just going to have to play drums tonight, and uh, I'd never played the drums before, but right. that was it. I was, on the, I was on the kit, and my uncle actually, my uncles used to be uh, the drummer in a band called Adi Jar. Really? I mean, yeah. He, oh no way. Yeah, he it's been one up of my favourite bands from New yeah. Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So, and he was yeah. playing guitar in my in my parents' band. Right. So, I got thrown on the kit, but he, you know, basically gave me a gave me a, a crash course in yeah in not crashing that night on the kit. Um, I think, yeah, I can't remember, but it he you know he would have shown me a super basic groove, and that yeah. would have been it for. The whole night, I reckon. Yeah. So just uh, across across the board for all the different styles, because we, you know, the band played sort of old timers style, Latin disco, country, yep sort of island music, bit of rock and roll, bit of fun. Um, but uh, you know, with one drum beat for the
0: whole yeah. time.
1: <laughs> um, and anyway, apparently apparently it was the best that it ever sounded, and so I got the gig after that Great. at seven. So I was, I was the new drummer in the band from, from that age onwards, and um, just had a, you know, as, as time progressed, just had a few, not really lessons, just got told, you know, shown different things. Yeah, I was going to ask, was there formal training? There was a little bit across the years, but yep. th- those early years, I was just bashing just stuff really, yeah. yeah. and yeah. Um, You know, keep... My uncle kind of keeping me in check that, you know, it wasn't... For him it was it was more, you know, they were very musical. It was about playing the music, not playing the drums, really. It yeah, was, gotcha. You know, and I think a lot of guys forget that these days. It's a real lesson that um, kids, just some people miss out on, you know. They they, they can do all the, all the all fancy the flash, stuff, cool all stuff, all the flashy can't stuff. Can't play two and four, can't, right? Can't, can't yep. play to put you know bread and butter on the table yeah, exactly right yeah. um, and it's not uncommon that's no. and not just you know it's, it's a worldwide thing yes it's, you yep. know lots of lots of people that don't get the opportunity to play with other people playing music playing real music and that's essentially yep. what we're doing it for you know yep um, and they were that was kind of a, a big lesson that I didn't know that I was learning at the time yep. at the time yep. that a lot you know a long time later yep that that was my that was the best formal training i could never have yep yep Yep. (laughs) um was to basically learn how to play songs how to play music how to play with other people um how to how to learn that the focus shouldn't be about you it's not well in fact it's not about you yeah um and the more that it became about you, the more you were probably doing the wrong thing. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, you know, even to this date, I, I feel, I feel, the same way. You know, if people come up and say, "Oh man, your drumming was amazing tonight," I'm not, I'm always like, "Oh damn, I must have overplayed or something." Oh really? <laughs> wow. But yeah. if they come up. And they say, "Oh, the music was great." Yeah, right. If they say the music was great. I'm like, "Yes, I did my job," you know. Yeah, cool. Or if they don't say anything, but the dance floor is full, that's enough. They go home with smiles on their face. That's it. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. That's the best for me. Um, and yeah, as I said, you know, I guess growing up, not really learning how to play the drums for so many years, but doing gigs, and just learning a few beats here yep. and there. Um, I'm sure it would have been awful. Probably it sounded. Horrific. and I remember actually when I was at high school my music teacher sort of commenting about my playing my, my grooves and playing sounded great but she was like oh this you shouldn't she, she recommended that I listen to a couple, a couple of particular players and she suggested that perhaps particularly between getting from grooves to fills and from fills back to grooves just that transition of yep. making all that smooth instead of sounding like Kind of grooving, pretty cool, and then blowing it through a fill or something, and then getting back to the groove, and then it's good again. Yeah, then yeah uh, um, So anyway, she just put a couple of things. I think it was Billy Cobham and maybe Lenny White in front of me, and so you know, sort of those fusion guys, I guess from the from that era. So that was um, new
0: Orchestra. Yeah, just, or?
1: she, well, she just she just said Billy Cobham, and then oh, I okay. started looking. He started looking okay. for yeah. stuff like yeah. that that he was on, and yeah. it was probably my early early teens because up to that point i i didn't really have many influences except for my uncle and just what i was playing and had to you know learn sort of learn the songs i was playing yep um and i was doing so many other things i was writing to you know kind of high up i guess um well i was playing soccer a lot yep and surfing a lot by this by that stage so That were kind of things I wanted to do. Drumming was just something that I did do. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah. At the time, you know, my folks did at least one, two, sometimes three gigs a week. So yeah. from when I was seven, I was doing, you know, at least two gigs a week usually. Um, yeah. And it was so time consuming that I didn't want to know anything more about it. All <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my other time was spent playing soccer or yeah. being a kid. A kid, or yeah. surfing and yeah. Um, yeah I guess not not until I was in my mid-teens did I sort of have any real I guess desire to and it was never really strong but it was a desire to get a bit better at a few things was there a moment that made you want to um, did you like see somebody play or, or? probably that time when the, my music teacher um, okay. Destin Gregov, actually that was her name um, she was really great, but she, um, yeah, she introduced me to Billy Cobham basically, and then once I started looking through that, you know, that style of music, yeah, came across yep. many and many other things, that, yep. that were like, you know, quite inspiring at the time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess it progressed there for uh, till my late teens um, of being interested in that sort of technical side of. Of music, you know, yep. lots of sort of jazz influenced stuff and Latin stuff, mm-hmm. and, um, but I never really kind of got. I never went super deep in any of those things. I just, yep. I was, I was more kind of inspired by just the listening and the, I guess, the musicality of, of some of the stuff, not all the stuff. Yep. Um, but I've, yeah, I, I can't, I don't, I don't consider myself like a great technical player by any means but i've just done it for so long that people go oh man your hands are you know really fluid and yeah. yeah and i'm like oh they're like what what did you practice with? what did you study i'm like oh, i didn't really practice much man i surfed a lot <laughs> <laughs> um but my in saying that my practice was playing i yep. did i did two or three gigs a week from when i'm seven yep. to when i finish high school that's a lot of playing, just and actual it, playing for a person, anyone of that age, yep, you know. Yep. Um, and that, those gigs were long gigs, like seven till 7.30 till midnight. Yep. So I was, a lot of the time I'd be falling asleep between the last couple of sets and mm. my parents would have to send out the search party to find me a lot of the time. I'd sleep <laughs> under the tables or yeah. in the next door neighbours, you know, front yard or something. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have other siblings at play? Uh, yeah, my sister was involved too. Yep. She's a really good. I mean, it was basically like a big Polynesian show, t- traveling show band. So we had the big floor show, um, Polynesian floor show. Sorry, which, which side of the family is oh, Polynesian? My yeah, your mum, okay. Yeah, mum's from Aotearaki. Okay. The Cook Islands. Yeah, Cook Islands. And my dad's yeah. Scottish. Okay. So he it's quite a mix. It is a mix, yeah. Yeah, they made they made you know they sort of hemmed that that thing up, coconut yep. haggis. <laughs> um, and it was, you know they are great. They they're just great entertainers. Yeah, yeah. Um, they still are. Still awesome. Still, you know, they walk in. They don't leave. <laughs> they don't leave the house without a guitar and ukulele. Even if they're going down the shops, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's always an opportunity somewhere. That's so great. And man, yeah. as soon as they as soon as they pull the, those instruments out, they're the life of the party. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah, they're the life of the party. I take them sometimes to some of my friends. You know, just little do's at their houses, and yep. they're just a hit wherever they go. Yep. So they've been, um, you know, a real inspiration for me for, for many years now. Yep. Um, not that I consider myself a great entertainer like them, but I guess just being, you know, just seeing how inspired they have kept from music is, you know, a lot of people say, wow, you've been doing it for so long. How, how do you? you know stay inspired but I'm like it's just it's, it's just in you it's like, just great
0: yeah yeah it's
1: yeah. <laughs> what else am I going to do yeah you know yeah yeah, like yeah. that could give so much joy firstly to myself and then secondly to others or vice versa you know something like it's you, a, something
0: you've always known
1: yeah like having played so young you know it's all yeah, really ingrained it. it's in yeah. your uh, yeah. it's in your genes now you know so yeah and I think once you see the joy that you can give to others yeah that's a real that's a gift man like, yeah you know and and knowing how powerful music is just full stop yep. whether whether i'm involved or not like you know we all know that music's yep. a great source of joy or sadness or yeah. you know whatever whatever yeah. whatever emotions you need it can give it to you you, you can know? find it in a song yeah, yeah. and you um you got
0: children i do yeah, and your yeah. children uh, into music yeah i saw a couple of yeah. your instagram videos oh yeah you. Jam with your kids on your drums—that's
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got four boys oh, yeah. um, of varying ages. Yeah. But the youngest is two, and yeah, he'll. We've got a bit of gear set up at home—drums yep. and keyboards and yep. guitars and stuff. But all the young, the young ones just seem to just love smashing the drums. You know, yep. like like most kids, yep. it's that primal thing of yep. it's instant gratification. As soon as you hit hit that thing, that's right. <laughs> it's <ain't> it's <laughs> there. <laughs> um, and you don't, you know, you don't have to learn anything. You can just pick up the stick and smash yeah. it. Um, but the, in saying that, yeah, my, my, uh, my 10-year-old, he's, he's getting quite good. Like we haven't, I don't sit down with him and teach him one-on-one often. I just give him a few little things every so often when I think he's ready for it. Yep. Um, and he, he just plays a lot, we don't play. So now we've actually got a kid's band called Poppy Galactic and The Beat. on The Beat, of course, but my 10-year-old's now starting to play some of the songs on the gigs we do. Um, so uh, I think I'm going to try and get all the kids on the instruments eventually when, you know, when the timing's right. Great. Uh, my wife sings and she's the front woman. She's Poppy Galactic and bringing the message... Um, of kind of you know living a good healthy green life and saving the planet because we're from another planet or she's from another planet yep um and it's yeah it's just good a good sort of just good messages for the kids you know Mm. it's like Um, a modern day partridge family kind of and that's not an insult at all that's a yeah yeah oh no i've I've, positive i've I've had my um whole life i've People have referenced the Partridge Family for me and my parents' band, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Now it's coming down to my kids. So I get oh, and then my eldest son, who is also in the kids' band, has just finished his own um, recording, of his first release, which uh, I think is I'm not sure exactly when it's out, but hopefully before the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Tai Nui. It's a, it's amazing his songwriting he's he's he learnt piano he's taught self-taught guitar and bass and has played drums and bits, bits and pieces of things but his songwriting is really amazing particularly for someone so young and i'll say that he's 23 now but he has been writing for a long time and yep. uh, he's all <laughs> even at high school you know his songwriting was just super just thoughtful um mm and just conscious great great lyrics great lines great um great melodies just a good just yeah really good songwriter i think that's his calling yeah so he's actually i've got him um not what you know who it's who you know but he's he's doing some of these Whitlam supports um coming up which is pretty cool so that so that that, they'll be his first gigs yep that he's done for quite some time. As a band or, or solo? Yeah. He's going to do them solo, but yes. I've, I've convinced Tim Friedman to let the Whitlam's band, minus Tim Friedman, play with my son for one of the, one of the songs on on tour. So, you know, he'll play solo for, for most of the set and then we'll jump up for one of his songs and make it a big... What a know, buzz. That'll yeah. be a buzz for Yeah, Dan. yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he's musical... They're all yeah they they'll all have something going on they, yeah. yeah they love it and then they come and before they were, before the ten year old was playing drums on some of the gig they were, they had a dance routine for a couple of the songs so I'd get out and break dance at the front of the <laughs> songs because we're basically a dance band for kids yeah um and I I've just yeah mate written all the music and my wife's written all the lyrics so. We're just kind of gluing all that stuff together, and and we've got we've got I think we've got a couple of two songs out. One ended up on a compilation in America um, with a bunch of other kids bands. Who it was it was actually on a record um, that was made to support the kid the Mexican kids that were being torn away from their parents, yeah, you know, when crossing borders and uh, and that that whole sort of saga that was going on for a while mm-hmm. so it was a fundraiser uh, compilation album and it's actually been nominated for a grammy so um we've got a song on there and it's, it's is, is that available on the that's i think that's that record is available online in australia now um if we can i'll, I'll get the link off here and i'll put yeah, it in this yeah right cool to this podcast and... Cool, cool cool and then there's another one that we've just we just put one out a while back because we had we sort of needed to for some other reasons but um there's one song that's already, in, you can find on Spotify and iTunes, yep. Yep. Um, but I'm still finishing the rest of the record, so okay. again, hopefully, if we can, if I can squeeze in enough time to put some work in, then um, that'll also be done before the year's out. Great. Um, yeah. So yeah, all, to answer that initial question, all the kids are and yeah. will be also more and more musical as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. that's cool
0: this role role sort of we've gone back and then we've gone up to Byron, and now we're back we'll come back down here to Greada, yeah, yeah, um so when was so you've gone from playing in your mum and dad's band, yeah um and, and then you, you know you discovered this this other music and learning yeah. that stuff when when was sort of the break away from your parents' band into would I say more progressive the word let's just say what was the next thing after your yeah your sure yeah.
1: well when I was 18 my my folks left Sydney to open a business in on the Gold Coast like a, a kind of theatre restaurant basically and uh, they asked me if I wanted to go um, they didn't sort of force me to go or anything with them I was 18 I just finished high school and and I said I think I want to you know, I'm, I like playing music. I think I want to keep playing music, and I think Sydney's the place to be, not the Gold Coast. Yeah. And so I stayed, and um, at the time, um, I think my mid mid to late teens, I was I started having a handful of lessons with different guys who were at Andy Evans Drumcraft, um, So a guy called Pete Chobo. In fact, it was just a handful of almost like one one-off lessons with a yep. bunch of different teachers there. Yep. Um, and one of the teachers was this guy called Pete Chabo, who was playing in a band called Belly Dance at the time. And uh, he he was also I think he just started playing with Jenny Morris or got the call up to play with Jenny Morris. And. He had, I'd had a couple of lessons with him and he said, oh man, this, you play really great. Like there's not, there's not a lot, I mean, that I can teach you really. <laughs> and I think Jenny Morris had just maybe been offered a, t- a, t- a touring spot in, maybe internationally with Prince. Oh, but- and so Pete was going to be going on tour. A- anyway, so he offered me the, the, this gig with belly dance, which was Basically, like a soul funk band, um, and I was 18, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm in." And so that was my first sort of band outside of school that I joined. Straight, pretty much straight out of school, straight into that band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the keyboard player from that band was Scott. or yeah, used to be was Scott Saunders, um, and he he was he was a, he was a keyboard player and one of the founding members of Dig. Directions in Groove, mm-hmm. who was about maybe two or three years later after joining belly dance, we, we started that band Dig. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you, you started Dig, yeah, with it, with it. yep, yeah. Yep. Um, it, it was we actually we actually started it because um, I think it was Andy Glitter who used to be one of the DJs on Triple J. It was around the time the whole time of acid jazz. Asa. Well, just just when it was kind of starting to kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a label called, I think it was actually the Acid Jazz label or, or it could have been talking there. One of those labels was launching here and, and Andy was putting a, a party together for the launch and asked Scott to put a band together in that sort of thing, new Acid Jazz thing, which, yeah. which essentially was kind of sort of... Meshing jazz and funk, funk really, and yeah, yeah. essentially, bit of psychedelic, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and so Scott called myself and and a few of the other members. It wasn't actually the very first gig. Had a different bass player and maybe a different sax player too. What year was this? This would have been nineteen ninety or ninety, Not, yeah, I think nineteen ninety or yep. ninety one, yep, maybe. Um, around that time anyway so that was about the, the beginning of Dig and that had sort of come from Belly Dance and so Dig started then um, and about the same time I actually auditioned for a band um, who were looking for a drummer called, called Swoop and it was funny because I'm guessing you know Lucius Boric I don't, I, I know of him yeah, <laughs> yeah Heaven. Talk to him yet. Yeah, well he he's he's one of the greatest rock
0: yeah drummers. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, not just rock, but he's a great he's rock great drummer. drummer. Yes. Great drummer. Um, and he and I happened to I think we're pretty much the same age, but he and I both went for this audition with this band swoop at the same time. I think he was before me. I think we may have even walked past each other in the hallway not knowing each other. Right. Anyway, we both auditioned and they and they couldn't decide. Who to give the gig to? So we both got the gig. Apparently, from, oh. I don't remember this, but I think we,
0: apparently we
1: did. A, we did a. You shared the gigs with? Yeah, no. Well, we did double drummers. Oh, double drummers! Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, wicked. Um, but we were both like <laughs> nineteen or twenty at the time, something yeah. like that. So pretty young, and um, it was they were just more like a crazy funk. It was well, it was actually yeah, it was it was pretty much funk. Back then, and then it morphed over the years into more of a funk rock kind of thing. Um, but that was my, that was another band that sort of, in those early years, was formed or not formed, but sort of that that started growing at the time. So belly dance, dig, uh, swoop, and and then from those sort of playing regularly a lot with those three bands, um, I started getting opportunities to do other things as well, so I guess, you know, I really ended up far out of playing tons, yeah. you know? yeah. every week, just probably anywhere from four or five gigs to up to ten, twelve gigs a week, with you different, know? with different people, yeah, and then getting calls to do other little things, other jazz, little jazz gigs, yeah. or other one-off things, and then started getting some sessions, and... Mm-hmm. To just ended up, you know, sort of progressing quite naturally over time. Yeah. Um, and this is early nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Early nineties, and then just through that that next sort of five year period of just being super busy with different things, particularly sessions, and yeah. And then also started touring a lot internationally as well. Um, and who was that with? A lot of that early international stuff was with Dig. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Off each of the records that we put out, we ended up touring overseas, awesome. mostly in Europe, um, and and then you know sort of splitting my time between playing live and and lots of studio stuff that started coming in when there was still lots of drummers being used on records, budgets and and budgets. Yeah. when there was still budgets yeah. <laughs> for that stuff. Yeah. Uh, for real drummers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, lots of records. I can't. I mean, back in those days, I mean, one of the one of the craziest ones that I did that at the time, no one really believed in in uh, their music or their songwriting at the time. But um, it was that band, Savage Garden, and um, I think everyone just thought it was a joke at the time. Right. But everyone except for them. And John Woodruff, their manager, and I think apparently they presented it to all the labels and no one was interested. Yep, and John Woodruff, their manager at the time, was just um, right into it, believed it. I think he even mortgaged his house to pay the bills on making the record. And then, you know, next minute, yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're uh, selling millions all around the world, yeah. So, um
0: which, al- which album did you play on? Was that, was that the one... I
1: just did the first record. First record, yeah. Yeah. You played that whole thing? No. Yeah. So that... I think I did about five or six tracks on that okay. record. Yeah. And then... I remember, maybe Gordon Rittmeister did a, a few... Okay. And then some of it might have been... I think some was programmed as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I did a little bit of other stuff with them over the years, but not, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, never toured with them live or anything. Yep. But, um, did you ever get offered that touring? No, I don't recall. I remember, I think it's one story that does stick in my head is that the guy who who did do all the early touring was one of their friends from, you know, whatever bands or schooling mm-hmm. they'd had that they'd said, oh, you know, whenever we get big, you'll be our drummer. And but right. I think that's. From memory, that was a story that sticks in my head okay. about it, but um, I might be wrong. Right, might have made that up to justify <laughs> my own. <laughs> Not getting, <at> all. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting
0: <at> <laughs> So that was that was Carl Lewis, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw them play at the closing ceremony of the Olympics. Oh yeah, cool. And then
1: went and saw them at the Entertainment Center and wow Man What a, what a great show! Yeah, yeah, cool. I cool. think that's the thing about them is that they're. they're they're entertainers. Yeah. It was and they, you know, they put on a show. They're one of the first bands, apart from sort of Pink Floyd and that sort of thing,
0: to bring LED lighting into the stage. Right. And it was like... That yeah, was, yeah, right. it was incredible. <laughs> it was great.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's um, um,
0: talk a little bit more about those sort of session days compared to how they are now. Are you,
1: do you, are you still getting sessions now? I still do the odd session, nowhere nowhere near as much as sure. those days. But you know, I'm also living in a small rural area okay. in, on a, on a little farm. So okay. not that that's any excuse that I'm shouldn't be doing more, aren't doing more sessions. Because there's man, I tell you what, there's a there's an awful lot of recording studios in Byron Bay, and See, there's okay. a lot of people that come to Byron Bay to to, to record. So there's stuff there. Um, I mean. I, I'm still doing sessions. Yeah, but like as I said, just not as not like the old days where we'd be doing out oh, right, like a different album every couple of weeks, you know, with different mm. people. So mm. um I did recently do an album of oh, Xavier Rudd, do you know? Yeah, so Xavier Rudd's just finished an album uh, I think which was released early this year, early mm-hmm. 2018 um called Stormboy, and I I did all the drums for that mm-hmm. uh and I did get offered that tour mm-hmm. but <laughs> it actually clashed with something else I had in America at the time yeah uh I spent a few months in America earlier this year doing some doing a few mm-hmm. things and uh the dates unfortunately clashed a little and I also for the first time in my life had actually thought about not touring as much anyway okay and Xavier's touring schedule was super super busy really hectic like okay um, more more than I th- more than I think I want to do these days you know yep um, having four board having yep. four kids at home you know mm-hmm. leaving them for for a weekend now is is tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Leaving them for a week is really tough. Mm-hmm. Leaving them for a month or two is just, you know, a big. It gets, it's painful, you yeah. know. And I've never, never in the past really felt that way as much as I do these days. So it's the first time I've really started consciously thinking that of saying no to to, to gigs, mm-hmm. to particularly big. Big sort of you know a big touring gig like that yep they've just um, this year they've done you know I think they did two months in America two and a bit months in Europe a right. um, couple of months in Australia yep um, with not much time off in between moving around you know like to different different um, regions mm. so I just yeah to be away for that those kind of blocks of time, these days, just I think while my kids are young, I don't want to miss that amount of time. I know exactly what you mean. You know, yeah. but anyway, that's that's six months in itself, its yep. and yep. and there's still more dates on the yep. you know, on the books. So, yep. um, also when you're making those decisions, are you looking at
0: what you could be doing as well? Yes, from a financial point of view. That's right. To make sure you're
1: set. Yeah, that's right. And yep. I guess that's the thing you've got to weigh up, like you know feeling good about making uh, the choices you're making um for your for your own well-being but also for your family's well-being That's right. and financially yeah and just you know just that balance and, uh, yep. yeah the balance and it's yep. different for everybody yep. um some people don't need to make lots of money some some people do need to make lots of money some people don't have kids so decisions are you know yep. some people have lots of kids or some people don't want to be... don't have kids and don't want to be away. Like, it's just different for everybody, so...
0: And do you ever worry that, you know, these gigs and tours and stuff that you're turning away that you may not be asked to do other stuff? Um, Is that always in the back of your mind or are you pretty...
1: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I'm not too fast to be honest. Yeah. I've done a lot of touring over the years with lots and lots of people and a lot of the touring that I've done have been fairly kind of back-to-back. So... I mean, um, I guess since 2000 and, no, probably since even before then, since 99, when I joined the Whitlams, who were touring, who, who I played on, just played on that record uh, in 99, Love This City, and then I wasn't in the band, I just did that as a session yep. back in those days, at, um about that time Dig was sort of wrapping up which was one of my main things that I was doing mm-hmm. and uh Tim Friedman from the Whitlam said oh well you know if you're not going to be that busy do you want to tour this record with me and mm-hmm. and I was like well oh, probably time for a change you know and yeah. and it was a, it was a perfect change for me at the time mm-hmm. to be honest um it got me away from I guess playing Dig wasn't overly self indulgent musically but there was definitely aspects of that, you know, yep. and I felt, I felt a little bit ready to not be self-indulgent music, um, you know, yep. as a drummer. Yep. And playing in a band like the Whitlam's was pretty much yep. the opposite, yep. 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 To, to, an, to a certain extent. you know, yep. Playing very simple grooves, and, um, but getting back to the core of what, what I'd learnt as a kid, which was to play the music, play the songs. Um make it feel as good as it can. Yeah. 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 And so I joined the Whitlams in ninety nine to do that tour and I'm and I haven't I'm still in the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and over the years, you know, we've taken quite extensive breaks, yep. uh which have allowed me to do other things. Um yep. I've had to miss a few Whitlam's shows here and there. Um to to be able to, you know, commit to some other things. So during that period I mean, in the early days of the Whitlams that I toured, we we toured a lot overseas, um, a lot in Australia, and then we'd take breaks. And I think, you know, in one of the one of the years when I mean, we were taking a break, I ended up joining Missy Higgins' band. I was going to ask you about because that's the first time I I saw you or knew oh, of you. Right. Yeah, right, right. I've
0: probably heard you a thousand times on right. radio and stuff, but I remember watching Earth Hour. Oh yeah, I caught it. Yep, cool. Sitting at home that night, watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watching you playing. Yeah, There's that guy.
1: Oh, cool, man. <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Yeah. It was great, man. It was, oh, thanks. Yeah. That was a fun gig actually yeah. Earth Hours. And she's a, such a beautiful person. And yep. I loved touring with her. And yep. that did you play band. on her records? I played on a few recordings, not the whole records. She when I, by the time I joined her band, um, she was sort of. She's pretty starting to get established, eh? Yeah, and she was... She'd just done... What did she do? I think she'd just finished a, an album in America and, and had used a bunch of those kind of heavyweight delay yep. or the session cats over there. Yep. Um, and that that was an album that was already finished when I had just joined the band, and, mm-hmm. and so she put an Australian band to tour that record. Yep. Um, and then... So that was about... That was... maybe about four years of touring with yep. her yep. pretty consistently yeah yeah. <laughs> like uh, a couple almost a couple of years here touring lots of s- cycles of this country and then yep. we went to America a lot she lived in LA for a while and so the, we, we did about uh, we did about a, oh geez, almost almost a year's worth of touring over there mm-hmm. um, in big you know, sort of four weeks to eight weeks, those kind of blocks, and then took a bit of time off, and yep. another four, six or eight weeks, and then time off. Um, so we did that for quite a while, and then there some recording and stuff that we did with her, and uh, the next record came out, which I think she, I can't even remember, I think she also did with the <laughs> LA guys. Yeah, so yeah. She, Just on the LA stuff, because,
0: okay, so you put this, Quickly going back to the Savage Garden thing, so you play on the first album and then um what was it? Their sort of breakthrough album. Yeah. It's they they used the session guys, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it was produced by um
1: oh well those big session guys Yeah. you just got, got all the Get the guns in, in there, yeah. yeah. That's it. Steve Smith and yeah, yeah, so I think that's what happens a lot man, you know. And So were you were you considered at all? Uh, I've got no idea. They oh, okay. a different All right. producer, different yeah, meaning sure. and okay. I think quite often in those situations, it's the producer has a lot of kind of. I mean, if you're going to the top end of producers, sure, they usually have their own a team that they would you know yeah as their preference for playing. Gotcha. Unless the band is a band, Yep. Um, if it's a singer, if it's a songwriter that needs a band, then sure. And the producers. You know, got any say in it? They usually just go straight to their guys. Yes. Um, and that's actually how I ended up on a few other records um, through the producer that did the Savage Garden record that I did play on. Yep. Um, his name's Charles Fisher, and he he and I established a pretty cool relationship. I really I've um, probably owe him owe him at least (laughs) a A shot of whiskey sometime, <laughs> um, but he he has put my hand up for a bunch of records over the years, and I've ended up on a on a few of them, um, which have been really nice. One of them was a, a Canadian band. Not long after the sold uh, after the um, Savage Garden thing, ended up on this on a whole another album for this band, Soul Decision, um, which. They didn't get, I don't think they got hardly any play, airplay in Australia, but right. they had a number one single in the US right. and Canada. And it wasn't as big as the Savage Garden thing, but it was still a pretty giant record. Um, so I did that album here with Charles, and that went really well. But they also toured their, their Canadian band yeah. <laughs> over there, yeah. um, which wasn't a problem for me at the time. I was so busy anyway. It okay. Was, I didn't feel like, oh, you know, I did the recording, why don't they ask me to yep. tour? Yeah. Um, but then their next album, they asked me to come to Canada and record it and be in the band and tour. And so I did actually go there for a number of months and finish the album. Actually, finished half the album because um, who was producing? Niall Rogers was producing that album. and um, Ah, oh, Omaha Kim had played yeah, 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 on yeah. on probably half the record. Right. And then I got a call up to come and play on the other half of the record. So which was pretty, pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> <I> was like <laughs> it was pretty big boots to kind of finish yeah. to, to jump into to yeah. finish the album off. Yeah. Did you know that at the time though? Yeah I did and I did They feel... try to scare you out. <laughs> <aren't they? laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got Omar Hakeem on the market. Have you heard of him? You know, you he's know, pretty
0: <laughs> fucking good. You know, you've got to step up, man.
1: Yeah. So, that it did feel a little bit like that, but um, we're not, you know, it's funny when you're in the room with people, we're all the same. We're all yeah, the same. When, everyone's just people. Everyone's that's just, it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's not that. It can be intimidating, but, you know, if you I I found it quite. Um, quite enjoyable, that experience, being in a room with those fellas at that time. Uh, and then we toured that record and it, and it didn't really do as well as the first one, but it was a great experience to have, was, you know, and yeah. it was a good uh, was a good time with some great fellas that I'm, you know, lifelong friends with yeah. and yeah. Um, still keep in touch with, mm. did some videos with them and whole bunch of cool stuff in Canada and did a bunch of touring there and had had some great times and and then the album didn't go so well so you know back in Australia yeah. and doing yeah. I think you know it was maybe that was maybe around the time when I can't remember if that was before, I think that was after Missy Higgins stuff and then oh okay, I was I mean, going to you know, say what happened yeah I think the timeline Higgins, yeah. was maybe something like that Missy Higgins and Soul Decision and then yeah. came, coming home and maybe doing some more Whitlam stuff and then I think Pete Murray was looking for a drummer at the time okay. or a new band. And so I ended up uh, in his band touring with him for a couple of years. Um, and again, that, it's the sort of, uh, you know, in Australia, the amount of touring you can do is kind of limited. So yep. a lot of the times you'll you'll you know you'll be on the road for a month or something and then there'll be a break. And my diary was just this, it was like, I may as well have been in a circus just juggling dates everywhere. Right. and I remember I've still got some of those diaries and I look back just you know, on occasion when I sort of spot some old diaries or whatever and, yep. and just look through the books and there's just so so many dates <laughs> and times and, and yeah. things of different.
0: Would have been a bit harder to sort of juggle that stuff back in the day without the internet and digital yeah. calendars. And I didn't even
1: get a mobile phone until right. not that long ago. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> or in the scheme of things, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. You know, People had my, mobile phones for about... God, probably 20 years before yeah, I got one yeah because um, yeah. you're not that active on the
0: social media type not thing. really no, no I don't yeah. really do any good on you for that because
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't really sucks do any you in, man yeah I mean yeah. I, I've got Instagram that's it Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I it's not really based on my music or anything it's just, no, just it's kind of a little mishmash of yeah it's cool, whatever yeah. whatever's happening and yeah. I don't I, I don't yeah I don't feel any urge to Keep posting yep. stuff or yep. looking at stuff. Yep. Um, I find, you know, of course, you do pick your phone up at times and just endlessly flick through yeah, that's things, but yep. I just got there's so many other cool things to do rather than sit there with the phone in your hand. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I guess being the nature of being a musician and a touring artist, you're on the road. And there is plenty of downtime where flicking sure. through the phone is all you've got. Or or you could go for a surf. Or, like now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, t- t- like today, I yeah, got up early and had a surf. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not a big social media kind of yeah,
0: guy. Yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: good on you for that.
1: Yeah. very <laughs> <That's really> good.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so after Pete Murray, what, what happened there?
1: Yeah, Pete Murray touring. Hey, sorry, are you still in Cronulla at this stage? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 So I moved to... Byron about three years ago okay um and that was really to you know I I think we were uh, so I had three boys then Mm -hmm. and I don't know if the youngest one was on his way or well he was definitely on his way I just don't know how far he'd (laughs) somewhere yeah um yeah I just got I just got a bit sick of Sydney the I still love it I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't sick of Sydney itself to just kind of the busyness yeah, the pace worse the pace of it it's, the air, not, yeah, it's still amazing air quality but I just wanted to be away from even the idea of living in a city and air pollution and the sure. amount of cars the amount of people yep. just the amount of everything going on like even this morning for example um, like I grew up you know in this area in Cronulla and surfing these beaches and I just I, I probably was driving down the road at about 8 o'clock and the whole stretch of Cronulla could not find one parking spot at 8 o'clock this morning 8 o'clock in the morning not one spot had to double park in front of a bunch of cars and wait for probably half an hour to get a spot it was like I've never I, it was unbelievable I just right. couldn't I couldn't I couldn't understand why I was so busy and I um but it was a great reminder of why just one of the little reasons that I got away from the yep this area you know oh shit
0: sorry no, that's i supposed to be on silent. It's some professional
1: <laughs> totally, total professional <laughs> professional <laughs> yeah professional it's a good um so yeah just a good a little reminder a little nudge to say oh you know this is why you got out of here because yeah, you know yeah. you can't there's just not one parking spot hardly any space on the beach it, admittedly mm-hmm. it was a day for um, I think it was a special event being the 11-11-11 thing so, oh the Remembrance Day yeah, yeah Remembrance yeah. Day yeah. and it was also I think they incorporated that into some of the beach activities for the nippers and the, yeah, life, the lifesavers right. and okay. the things okay. so it was particularly busy yep. but when I spoke you know I got yeah. down got in the surf and had some friends in the surf and just chatting away and they're like oh man it doesn't matter if there's a special event on or not it's like right. this every weekend like just crazy busy and there's a lot of housing development going on in, in Cranulla area yeah. and it's you, you can see it just blowing up in terms of the population and mm. it's kind of uh I guess the road's not quite coping and the amount of parking and yep um yeah I'm, I'm way up the street yeah right I ended up
0: I was sort of Backed up to turn right into Croydon. Yeah, it's gonna go and park down there. Usually I park around there. For, oh, yeah, if yeah, am Playing gigs. You know. Yeah. Um, it was just backed all the way up, and people mm. trying to turn right. It was all backed, and then I just sort of looked to my left. Oh, no. <laughs> straight in, <laughs> kind of backed in oh, there. And, oh, yeah, so nice. You a little five minute walk down the road. Oh, Sweden, cool. Yeah, We're yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's but,
1: good. Oh. yeah. So anyway, it's getting busy down here, and um, that was a that was a, one of the reasons that wanted to get away and have give, give my boys a bit of an opportunity to see yeah that's cool life outside of um, all that pace yep. you know yep we so we, we ended up um, we've got a little farm up where we where we live now and it's our boundary around the farm is uh super cool creek around three sides of our property um main road's a dirt road at our place and uh got two neighbors that live up the hill can't 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 see them, can't see the neighbours. They're about a kilometre yeah. away. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, we wake up and look out the doors and there's just trees and it's all green out, outside our doors. Yeah, yeah. You wildlife and that's it. Yeah. It's so yeah. A friend of mine's done the move up to Byron.
0: He right. they used to live on the northern beaches, and um, he quite often posts on his Instagram. It's incredible. Open there doors in the morning and it's yeah. just all green the kids are running around out there yeah yeah envious man yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah it's um it's great I'm loving it and I'm loving giving the kids that opportunity and and actually being able to share it with them you know like not alright well, here you go here you go We're, we've moved to Byron Bay and I'm going on tour see ya yeah yeah <laughs> now being able to actually sit there or you know hang around and enjoy it we've yep. been built got a few projects going like uh, put in a flying fox for the boys. Made oh, cool. some couple of uh, skate half pipe. Coming to stay at your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just about to finish the treehouse, which oh, has sweet. just become more like a five star resort. Sweet, over, <laughs> overhanging the creek, which is yeah. uh, it's actually beautiful, man. Awesome. The, the boys have got the best real estate on the property, actually, yeah. where the treehouse is. So,
0: That's
1: just cool things like that. You know, putting rope swings over the creek. Yeah, yeah. To, yes. I mow a soccer field into part of our lo- <laughs> our garden which is um you know, not many people can say they got a soccer field in their backyard. Yeah. But yeah. things like that, you know, the, the everything. space, yeah. the kids have got got it all Yeah well you've you got know, it all yeah, it's, yeah it's definitely. So, it's so great. Yeah. Um So that was yeah, that that's what I that's what I moved away from Sydney for yep. really. Yep. And it was about three years ago. It was to get the kids some I get I guess perspective on on life mm-hmm. um, you know planting lots of food trees and trying to get the veggies going but a bit of maintenance involved with yeah, uh, yeah. keeping a good veggie garden going yeah, yeah. Um, just teaching kids you know how to think about the planet about nature about where food comes from Yeah. It doesn't actually meat meat's not born as a Piece of thing in a plastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually that cow there. Yeah. You know when you want steak or sausages. Yeah. It starts like that guy and, we're, and all that. You know, neighbours got sheep and yep. cows and uh, goats and get plenty of snakes and actually freshwater crayfish yep. in our creek, freshwater mussels, eels, fish, awesome. resort, turtles, all the stuffs there. You know, so. It's so great for the boys to be able to see that stuff and yep. some mornings wake up and there'll be a bunch of kangaroos down the, on the oval, kicking the ball around. Yeah. <laughs>
0: magic.
1: Yeah. So it's yep. pretty cool. Had a, actually our uh, first or second, I didn't see the first one, but I had a koala the other day, just um, on one of the trees next to the house. Only I knew it was there because the dog was going crazy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just even those opportunities, you know, for the yeah. kids to see animals in nature and, you know, not in captivity or, or something, yeah. you know, where it's, uh, I think it, it's almost more real when you see them. I mean, it is real. Of it's, course, but in your own backyard. Yeah, you know, yeah. They can take yeah. ownership of them even Yeah, or, that's or, it. Our pets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Koala and a yeah, yeah. pet turtle and them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So that's been great to be able to give them that opportunity. Yep. Um... And I reckon the Pete Murray thing sort of wound up a little while back he, uh, he went to, he did a tour i think like a 20th an, or some sort of anniversary of I think his first album mm-hmm. and ended up using that same band that did all that the first album and first bunch of touring and mm-hmm. toured that and then I didn't really go back to the band after that yeah. um, he ended up using some other players mm-hmm. and but I actually over that whole period of time, probably. probably the past 10 years or so i'd also been playing with guy sebastian yep Um, so that was that was a thing that was sort of on and off because a lot of his his touring would be quite his big tours would only be sort of four weeks long and maybe with a couple of additional weeks of regional sort of stuff um and that would be it for a year and then a a lot of his work would be more sort of corporate type shows where Just because of his profile, he he would get that style of gig. So a lot of them would be sort of mid-year or late year, late in the year corporate stuff, you know, parties, big functions for big companies and gotcha. things like that. So it wasn't always a lot of touring, so it's been on and off with him. Did you used to come in for those, those that, that, that corporate stuff? Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I used to do, yeah, all, all of it. Yeah. Um, up yep. until probably about a year ago I think um, or maybe even the start of this year I think I was in America and he was starting a tour here mm-hmm. and, and another uh, one of my favourite drummers Andy Fissenden um, he, he was doing that t- tour when I was away with Guy or mm-hmm. well, when I was away Andy did the tour with Guy yep. and yep. has been doing it pretty much ever since right. so, Okay. yeah um, Oh, was, oh no, maybe I was away. I, might, I think I was maybe away with Rodriguez and, and some dates clashed. I can't can't remember. Anyway, I was doing some Rodriguez touring as well <laughs> last year overseas uh, uh, in Australia first and then overseas in America. Spent a bunch of time there with him. I think that was maybe where there was some clashing stuff with Guy. Okay. So guys, yeah, some, Guy's kind of got a an A team, B team, C team, D team just right. okay. I think cuz his work's so sporadic, you know, quite often players will be already on a yep. on a, a tour, tour for a month is, yeah. or something and yep. can't commit to a one-off show with guy or something so yep. just because of the nature of his touring really, he's had to have multiple players mm-hmm. in place that can cover the, you know, do the, do the gig. Sure. Um, so yeah, the, at the moment I'm really not. I'm not committed in any sort of bands at the moment. Yep. Just kind of feels good. Um. Yeah. Feels like it's a it's a really big open door to focus a bit more on on uh, on my, the kids band that we, my wife and I have going. Yeah. Um, and a perfect opportunity too now. Like just you know plenty, of, well, reasonable amount of time to to be able to into it and we've started doing gigs we played at splendor this year, oh, there's, like year. A, Fantastic.
0: there's
1: a little kids area Bloss, in there called Bloss. little splendor <laughs> um and so we the past two years actually we've done it and it's it's been amazing really great good good vibes um done a, and then we just yeah a handful of other shows here and there we haven't really been hitting it hard because we we want to have the album finished before we start sort of really getting out there and promoting it and doing heaps of stuff but there is you know we're getting there yeah. getting close yeah absolutely. with that thing um and then i've been helping my son played a bit of drums on some of his r- record yep um a little bit of sort of semi co-producing for that um do you play any other instruments sorry a little bit of guitar yep. and a little bit of keys but not a lot yep. but enough to sort of be able to write write yep. stuff with yep yeah mm. so um Enough to get up, get a few things over the line. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, got <gotcha. laughs> um, And then we've got a little studio set up at home, so we yeah. can do do whatever. That's cool. It's that's the beauty, I guess, of home recording is, even if you're not great at something, you can manipulate it yeah, so yeah, much yeah. these days that absolutely you don't actually have to be great at some things to yep. be able to do them. Yep. Um, or make them sound good. Uh,
0: just on that quickly, um, do you find, have you sort of, the stuff that you've played on um, albums and stuff, have you sort of heard the final product and go, it doesn't really sound anything like the way I played it? Oh, always. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it strikes me as you'd be the kind of player that they'd hire because they want
1: that sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty critical of myself, mm. as probably most people are. Um, in, in music, yeah. to, to the point where I just won't listen to anything that I've played on if I don't dig it. Sometimes it's just the song I don't like okay. and perhaps not the drumming that I, that I wasn't into, it was maybe just, you know, I've played on plenty of albums where it's just a gig really for me. And It then, comes back to what you said really early on and this
0: is about, you know, songs and music being about a feeling and an emotion. Yeah. So maybe at the time you, you didn't dig it, so why relive it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
1: sometimes, like, I've... Oh, man, I've, I've even played on albums that I'm like... I, I, as soon as I've finished the session, I don't... I've, that's it. It's out of my head. I've never, forgot, I've never heard the that. recordings. I've oh, never okay, seen yeah. the recordings. Yeah. I don't own the recordings. And I've never yeah. listened, ever listened back to them or anything. Yeah. I'm just out of the room and that's it. And I, and I reckon there's tons of them out there that, mm-hmm. that I've ended up doing that way. Sometimes not because I wouldn't like a copy or like to listen back. Sometimes because I just forget that I did it and never. I've like I've often been you know over the years. This sort of been driving along and thinking, geez, that sounds like my drumming or or the song even sounds familiar. Yeah. And I I'm like, I I wouldn't even know. Like some I would I sometimes think, oh, is that is that me playing <laughs> And then you know maybe at the end of the song if the song if the artist is announced and they say a name I'm like oh yeah I think I, that is me I did play on that record um, and that's happened a bunch of times actually when I you know mm. I guess because I'm not the memory of the of the the song is kind of the the drumming sounds familiar but I never have never had a copy and you know you spend right. you spend a day or two in a studio and Yeah that's it yeah it's not something that's sort of a strong thing in my head if it's really good I usually try to get a copy or if it's I mean I just try to get a copy anyway but I've got tons of albums at home in a suitcase that I've played on right and just every so often just more more through curiosity I just will put them on and yeah. have a listen to what yeah. I was sounding like yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah of course and what you know try to get, try to relive what I might have been thinking playing that way um mostly I like the recordings where I was produced so in terms of what I was playing because I think when I was younger I used to go into this I used to go in to the room in a studio room with the concept that more is more more is better not Less is mm-hmm. more. Billy Cobham Well, yeah, yeah. I used to think <laughs> that I needed to try and get all my, all my stuff, out. Yep. You know, put it, put all the fancy stuff on the table, straight away, and I just remember over years and years of doing sessions, just every time I'd go in, I'd I'd, I'd start, with the concept of. Less, less is more. But I started at the very beginning with more is more, yeah. and then just over the course of ten years of doing sessions, I got, I got to the end of sort of. You know, five, six, seven years of, eight years of playing sessions, and I and I would, I would go in and not even set up the drums yet until I would hear the song, hear the song and go, oh, I just need kicks there and hats, so yeah. I wouldn't even set up the rest of the drums. Yeah, you know. So so, so going back to the you come and
0: playing set, as much as you can. Set up That's, my biggest kit, yeah. play, that, is play that, it all. Is that so the producer can start whittling it down?
1: I guess so. I, I, get you get you, I mean, yeah, I I've it, got all
0: this. What, little, what do you want? A little yours? bit
1: of that. Yeah. I, I would definitely have in my head that I was a fancy drummer. Mm. In my head, I was a fancy drummer. <laughs> 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 and, and I would, I think, you know, I'd try to play my fanciest grooves that I thought might suit the song. Yep. But a lot of the sessions I was doing were, they weren't, they didn't need that. They didn't, they just, I, I thought, I thought they did and they didn't. Yep. You know, and, and that's what I mean. I think that some of the best results came from producers sort of, yeah, whittling my, um, the amount of stuff that I was playing down to just the core of what was needed. And Charles, then all of a sudden you realise, oh, well, I'm, I'm, they're calling me for that. Yeah, yeah. And Charles Fisher was good at that actually. He he was very, he was just like, wow, you know, you're killing it, doing all like, you're playing all the parts, and it sounds amazing. But I think we just, I think we just really want it to be, you know, this one simple thing. Yep. And then it would, I'd end up just kind of stripping it, right, right back, and just mm-hmm. playing. You know, taking sixteenth hats away, playing quarter note hats and yep. or eighth notes hats at, at the most for nearly all the recordings that I would ever do. You know, yeah. unless it really required a sixteenth, but yep. I often find um, unless it's really a specific groove that I I really try to pl- I try to get as good a result, if not a better result, by playing as little as I possibly can. Um, to get the essence of what's, what the feeling of the song yep. is. I
0: hope you young kids are listening to this. <laughs> this, is funny. this is this is gospel here. Yeah, Listen. well, it really it, is. It really is, it yep.
1: really is. I, I, I would just take away everything. Like I would, I'd be doing stuff like not even playing hats um, yep. and playing, or just hinting at, at the one hi-hat beat that needs to be there per bar. And wherever that placement is, is the spot that it that it is and it's there. You know, I guess a lot of I guess a lot of the recordings that I did, I tried to make the, the drums. And I still sort of have this concept. I, I try to make the drums sound like um, a bit like it has been programmed. Yeah. But it will never sound like it's programmed yep. because you're playing real drums. And I yeah. guess the essence of or the nature of acoustic drumming or drums themselves yep. there's just so many different nuances yep. within the drums and the hats and the, and the sticking and the yep. stuff that I mean it's not it's not impossible but it's tricky to make it sound like a machine yep. um, and when I say machine like it, I just mean I guess timing wise and um, yep. and you know you can still what i tried to do was still make things have a feeling like feel i didn't i I don't mean when i say machine i don't mean for every note to be precisely on the the beat that it's supposed to be on i mean for on the grid so to speak yeah yeah i mean for the, the create the groove so create the groove that you want and have that one or two bar groove whatever whatever how long however long your groove is that's the core of this the feel have that be the thing that repeats like a machine gotcha you know so yep. it might be a super lazy groove and sloppy as, as all hell but yeah um but it's the same the next bar that's that's and, the... and wherever you wherever it's sloppy in bar one it's sloppy on bar two gotcha. sloppy on bar three phrasing eh? for phrasing so it's the phrasing yeah. Here, and that's what i mean like you, you know it can still sound it's gonna sound like a real drum or real drummer but it's got that repetitive kind of hypnotic machine like feeling almost like a loop really like a live loop sort of thing yeah and that's been that's been something that has been quite strong in the in in the way i try to approach the drums and sometimes to the point where i actually do want it to sound like a machine Mm -hmm. and i will play it super precise and super um you know, try to hit this exact same spot on the snare every every time I hit the snare, same spot on the hi hat, same weight on the hi hat, same weight on the snare. Yeah. Just everything very as if you just press play on the on a eight oh eight or something, you know? Yeah. And that's that's what I do go for sometimes and it's um it's a really interesting way to approach the drums I, I think and um that was another thing that I that um, when, I, or when I think about it now it, it was something that also made me change the way I do fills um, thinking like a machine and not like a drummer I mean that's a pretty broad yeah. <laughs> sentence but in terms of instead of getting to the end of a a verse or a chorus or whatever and thinking okay here here comes a fill here comes an opportunity to do a fill thinking about what you're going to do and then crash it you know crash into the next section i'd if if what would i do if i was a drum machine um well it depends on the drum machine but and depends on whether it has been programmed or not but some someone who doesn't know much about drumming might just stop the drum machine and then restart it yeah so it's I would start thinking along those sort of lines where trying to think more like a non-drummer, like someone who doesn't know anything about drumming or drum programming, and, and thinking about what would they do. Maybe
0: not hit that crash on the one.
1: No crash. Yeah, no crash. No yeah, crash. yeah. No yeah. fill. No fill, yeah. Um, fill after where you would have filled. Just mm. thinking outside the box or, or, or filling in to where you would normally put a fill. Yeah. And having space in the regular fill spot, um, or just crashing into a fill and having space, no, no fill, straight back in on to the next part with no crashes. Yeah. Um, just things a little bit outside the box of, um, what probably, you know, your sort of standard drumming expectations might be for for those things. And, um... And as I mentioned before, just even with, even with the feels as well as the feels, seeing how far I could go with playing as little as I could, but getting equally as cool a feeling, if not better, you know. Like how much can I? How much can I actually take away? Yeah. yeah. And have have it still sound like you know? Yeah. Amazing. Um, And it's it's man, silence is powerful. Absolutely. It's so powerful. I and I learnt that um, you know, as I started experimenting more with it. Um, sometimes it's the space between the notes. It really and, is. Yeah. yeah, that 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 is yeah, it's gold. That mm-hmm. that's real estate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the yeah. real estate in between those dots. Yeah. It's gold. And um yeah, I really, I still, even to this day, I, I love just stopping, just stopping in weird places during songs where sometimes it doesn't always work because, you know, if if you're, if you have got to have players who are kind of on the same wavelength, sometimes you've got guys who just sort of follow you yeah, gotcha, too yeah. much yep. or don't follow you enough mm. or don't know what the heck you're doing stopping in this weird spot just yep. to have a you yeah, know what are you doing like stopping yeah you know, not getting the concept or the yeah or being you know just not being on the same page i suppose but so it doesn't always work but when it does work it's oh man it's the best it's the bomb yeah yeah that's awesome yeah yeah
0: and to, tonight's gig with uh, daniel and adam what sort of um what sort of
1: music I don't know yet i haven't oh, cool. played with daniel so I haven't okay no, yeah. yeah it's a bit of a jam um, yeah. awesome. it'll be I'm guessing kind of a well, it's only trio so yep. it'll be pretty simple sound yeah um, maybe a bit of bit of a mix of soul reggae funk yeah kind yeah of dance Yeah, vibes um and there are a couple of monsters man mm.
0: adam and daniel yeah fantastic oh I'm looking forward to it yeah I yeah. yeah. uh, haven't played with adam for a
1: while cuz because you did the Guy Sebastian thing? Yeah, Adam, yep. Adam was doing it for most of the time that I was playing with Guy. Yeah. Um, pretty much all the time that I was playing with Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's maybe still doing it, maybe on and off a little bit. Okay. Um, but I haven't, since I've moved to Byron, I, played, I I used to play with Adam a lot and I haven't played with him much lately. So he's actually canned another gig tonight to come yeah, and hang d- out with me. Yeah, cool. So cool. pretty wrapped with that. That's good, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should be fun. We usually have fun at this joint okay um, so yeah looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it too
0: yeah I think on that note by Richmond thank you for being on the podcast oh pleasure um, pleasure thanks for having yeah. me oh man awesome <laughs> loved it
1: cheers bro thanks us. bro thank cheers, you
0: cheers man